0: Greetings, greetings. What an honor it is to be with you today. This is Derek Ingram, Jr., and I'm here with a new series entitled, Fortunate. I'm reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 1. Let's start at the beginning. It says, And seeing the multitudes... He went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The reading of God's word is already blessed. As I look back at this passage, um, I can't help but think about the first time I heard about the Beatitudes. Uh, Funny story, I had been saved for many years, and I'm not saying that because you are saved um, for many years that you know everything about the Bible or God, but I remember I was at work, and um, somehow we began talking about the Bible, and uh, my co-worker, he mentioned the Beatitudes to me, and I was like, Beatitudes, what are they? And he's like, yeah, the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. And I was like, oh, that's what they're called. So I learned about the Beatitudes from a co-worker at work. It was in a church, so it's amazing. Um, Even as I look at this, this passage, especially as we deal with this first Beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit for this. It's the kingdom of heaven, and um, I was having a conversation with a, a brother of mine, a good brother of mine, a son of God, and we were talking about the difference between Israel and the Church today. And I remember saying to him, "I, you know, it's amazing. Israel seemed to be a people that fell in love with." The ritual. Um and you know ritual when you think about ritual you think it you're thinking about the religious actions, prayer, fasting, those things. They they seem to fall in love with the ritual and it and it and it appears as if when they left off the feast or the fasting or the praying. It was like they had another life. Of, Basically what I'm trying to say is is it appeared that their moral, the moral side of their life was not affected by the rituals, their religious actions. In other words, it was just a ritual to them. And, you know... um, I, I thought that was amazing, because we were talking about it, and I remember saying, and it appears that the church today, um, we want to do away with the rituals, because we believe they are religious, and I know that that's a word that we don't like, um, the word religion, or, and basically, religion really is derived from rituals. So the amazing thing is it appears that the church today would like to do away with those things. Prayer, fasting, the word, and you may disagree with me, but those, these things are actually rituals. They are, this is how you practice ritual. Like I said before, rituals is the practicing of your religion. That's what rituals are. And the amazing thing is the moral aspect, our morality is the part that is actually shaped or enhanced by these rituals. And those rituals, again, I will repeat them, are prayer, fasting, reading the Word of God, to name a few. And uh, I believe that in order for us to be a good Christian, we're familiar with that term, we need both working cohesively. Now, you may choose to call it something else because I know the word religion is t- as a taboo word. We don't like that word. Although it does tie in with what we have to do because these things are rituals. are uh, morality. And our morality is basically um, our standards. That's what our morality is. It's actually our standards. It's, uh, it's the things that we hold dear to. That's what our morality is. It's, it's the things that we adhere to, the things that we follow, the things that we believe. That's what our morality is. And our morality can only be enhanced safely by these rituals, and I will name them again, prayer, fasting, the Word of God, to name a few. Worship is another one. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What would happen if you stripped away your rituals, your religious activity, you can put going to church as one of those, forsake ye not the assembling of yourselves together, reading the word of God, worship, praying, fasting. What if you were to strip yourself away from those things and just live your life the way you wanted to live it? The, the fact is your morality, the strands of your morality would be affected by something else. Or your environment, wherever you dwell, would affect your morality. And, I, and, I, and I, as I th- talk about this, I think about the fact that we are in this world, but not, but not of this world. And there are some things that keep us separate from the world. And I think this is important because when we look at this this uh, verse of scripture here, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who are the poor in the spirit? The poor in the spirit are those people that hunger and thirst for righteousness, that hunger and thirst for God. That's who these people are. And this hunger is not something that goes away. It's something that we must strive to maintain. It, In other words, it can go away. It can disappear. If we don't maintain the ritual or the rituals, the religious activity, if we stop praying, if we stop reading the Bible, if we stop fasting, if we stop assembling ourselves together with the brethren, if we stop worshipping, eventually our environment, wherever we dwell outside of those rituals, is going to affect us. And we are going to become whatever our environment is. In other words, your moral code is going to change. And it shouldn't be a surprise because you would be a product of your environment. So these rituals, these religious activity, they help shape us and help us to draw closer to God, to become more Christ-like, because that is the will of God in Christ Jesus. He wants us, to be more like him. So it means we're gonna to have to do the things that he did. And as we go on in this series, we're gonna look at the rest of the Beatitudes. Because I believe that it's important, even as we look at this particular one, to remain hungry and thirsty for God. It's not gonna happen by accident. And I found out even in my own life that nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody can have the hunger for you. Nobody can have the thirstiness for God for you. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost because it enables us to look at our lives and do honest assessment and say, you know what? Why is it that this habit or that habit or the next thing seems to be penetrating my armor? why why does it appear that i'm falling weak in this area and if you check it out you'll find out that it's because you abandoned the rituals let's marry both together the rituals the religious activity and them and the moral the moral part of us let's let's marry them let's understand that if we abandon these rituals, these religious activity. And I'll list them again because I I don't think that's undone. Worship, prayer, uh, fasting, reading the Bible, and you can probably add some more to those. If we abandon those things, we will become products of whatever environment we find ourselves in. But the amazing part about what verse... Three is saying is Theirs is the kingdom of heaven Blessed is the poor in spirit For theirs is the kingdom of heaven And when you think about heaven What do you think about? Some people may be thinking streets of gold Pearly gates Jesus of course The Lord God Because he is the light of that city But when you think about heaven, you have to be, you have to key in on the fact that everything that is God belongs to you. And it's in Ephesians where we find out that because of what Christ did, we've now risen to sit in heavenly places with him. So we begin the heavenly experience even while we are pilgrims here on earth. We begin to ascend into heavenly things. So I I want to encourage you to maintain your moral code. Maintain it with the rituals, your acts of religion, blessings on you.